Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 Tell your chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey, Collider fans. It's Harloff Minor or Darth Harloff or just me, Christian Harloff from the Jedi Council podcast. And you can support this show by taking a quick five minute online survey to help keep the show free to download with minimal advertisements. Your responses will help connect advertisers to our audience so you can hear about products and services that matter to you. The survey is short and completely anonymous. Just visit podcastone.com slash my survey and fill it out. It can be completed in under five minutes. Thank you for your continued support of Collider and all of our great podcasts here on Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to a special episode of Jedi Council. We are here on the podcast network hosted by Podcast One. Make sure, guys, uh, I, my name is Mark Riley. I'm in for Christian Harloff, who will be breaking this down more in depth tomorrow on uh, Jedi Council Collider Videos, Jedi Council. But guys, uh, leave a comment. Share this podcast. Check out all our other podcasts, Jedi Council, Collider Heroes, Collider Movie Talk, and the Collider Factory on Podcast One. But I want to get to this breaking news that we have today, which is that Lucasfilm has opted to put a hold 
uh, pause, if you will, the Star Wars standalones, the anthology movies, the Star Wars stories. And I have with me CEO, owner of Collider Video, Collider, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Fernandez. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is more like a Jedi Council, like a, like a Sith uh, throne room edition. That's right. Always two there are. Yeah, always two there are, just Riley and Mark. That's right. Yeah, two, two Marks. Two Marks, one yeah. Riley, one Fernandez, <laughs> right. one Star Wars. And yeah. we're, we're going to get to it because our own uh, Steve Frosty Weintraub, he dropped some uh, scoops today. And uh, the scoop that has lit the internet on fire right now, which I am looking at, we're going to get to that but he is basically saying he's heard from uh, numerous – a couple sources within Lucasfilm that state that uh, they decided to put plans for more A Star Wars Story spinoff movies on hold, instead opting to focus their attention on Star Wars Episode Nine and whatever the next trilogy of Star Wars films will be, whether that's the Ryan Johnson trilogy or the Benioff and Weiss. Right off the bat, Fernandez, what do you think of this, this scoop, this news? I mean, look – you know, look, there's no secret. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You are. It's my, um, you know, it's my number one uh, entertainment daydream thing. It's like it's what I'm obsessed with. I'm passionate about. There's also no secret even, you know, I mean, probably not to people outside of this office, but to my friends and people outside the office, uh, inside the office is like I, you know, like like a lot of other people when I first saw, you know, uh, the Phantom Menace. I I walked out, you know, a little disappointed. You sure. know, yeah. Um, Same. You know, we 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 kind of all did. I think you know. Look, and Star Wars is so tough because it's it, you know when when you have something that you love so much, the like the bar and like, people have talked about this ad nauseum, right? The bar is so high that it's very difficult to like meet expectations. You know, sure. Especially but, coming out of the wholly original trilogy. Sure. Years sure. later. Yeah. Look, it, it's it, it's. It's a very, very, very tough thing when you've touched perfection to make it more perfect, you know? Um, So, you know, look, and to George Lucas's credit, I think that he actually tried um, a lot of new and interesting things. You know, we'll get into that a little bit later probably, but like, you know, the the original, uh, the the prequel trilogy, I'm actually become a huge fan of, and this is a very unpopular opinion in the office, but one that I stand by. My personal favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. You know? And I have a bunch of reasons for it of why it speaks to me the most personally. But what you can deny, no matter whether you love the prequels or hate the prequels or think that the original trilogy is getting a little bit, quote, unquote, ashy. I've heard a lot mm. of kids, you know, not yeah. kids, but, you know, the uh, the sort of younger generation that's come after us. You mm. Riley and I are about the same age. That's correct. I think we're both actually born the same year. We won't divulge the year. No, but. no, of course not. That would be against <laughs> right. the rules here at Collider. Right. But, you know, we're born the same year. So, but this, you know, the next generation that came after us actually thinks the, you know, the original trilogy has gotten a little bit ashy. I've heard that from, you know, from yeah. a bunch of people. It doesn't right? hold up for them, the effects, the the, the look of it, you know, because in 1977, the original sure. comes out. So we had the, the chops, the, 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 the sideburns, the, the, the 70s hair. But, yeah. So, so you know. I get my, what you're saying. It, it was a touchstone for that culture with sure. the prequels, just like a lot of people then are going to jump off this new trilogy. And sure. that's going to be their but, Intro but, into Star Wars. But here's the big difference for me. And I, and I think that this is at the root of all of these problems. And this is what I really want to try to get into and in what we call this sort of special Sith uh, throne room version of the – I like of, it. <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of Jedi Council, which is that those six movies 
and all of the ancillary products around it, including the ex- uh, expanded universe, including all the toys, all the video games, all the incredible um, innovations that came around this beautiful Star Wars brand while Lucasfilm was running it under the you know the guidance of George Lucas is that it all had a fairly identifiable vision. Yeah. Okay. There was a vision to it, you know? So when I hear we are going to um, put on hold these Star Wars spin-off stories, mm-hmm. including Obi-Wan, which I think is actually the salvation potential of Star Wars. There's no secret either. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of these new movies. I don't right. I, I haven't really liked any of them. Right. Um, Rogue One maybe. Actually, Road One I did like because Krennic is incredible. But you know, yeah. Um, you know, let's put these movies on hold so that we can focus on Episode Nine. Just off the top, sounds ridiculous mm. because, look, as somebody who runs a business and has been running business for a long time, um, that's just a euphemism, you yeah. know. And I look, yeah. I want to be very clear about something. This is not our official opinion. This is my personal opinion. You know, our our channel has a very professional way of doing things. We're not right. in the business of fake news. Right. We we source our stories. We confirm them. Two, three people, four people. We do not like to put lies out into the world. That's okay? absolutely correct. This was a long process. This wasn't just we heard something and we posted it today yeah. for clicks. Right. This was extensively researched. Right. Because, look, we have a relationship with Star Wars. We have a relationship with Disney. Yes. Um, you know, and these are people that we respect. You know, So as a professional courtesy, you want to show respect when you're talking about somebody else's thing. But then again, we're also – in the news business, right? We're like in the right. journalism business. So we have to get – we have a responsibility to our audience to get the story out there. But we also have a responsibility to everybody, our audience and the people that we talk about to get things right. You know? Right. So the word out of Disney mm. is that it's on hold. Right. Okay? Yeah. Now, for me, that's a euphemism for obviously canceling them. Yeah. It, you know? it, it, it could be looked at – that way, I mean, I feel it's. Yes. I think the word I, I had immediately was reactionary. Right. You know that it was looking at solo and it didn't do well because of. And we'll get to that. I would like to to, to yeah. discuss so, maybe why this happened. But right now, your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, just keep going. Just, just to wrap up on that one point. So when I hear let's put these on hold so that we can focus on episode nine, scares the hell out of me because it's very consistent with all of the other reasons why I haven't been a huge fan of these new films, there's no vision, Mm. okay? There's no consistency in the characters. Yes, The Last Jedi tried to do some new things, but all of these choices that they made don't travel back in time very well. They're not consistent with the characters. So, and and we've heard people like Ryan Johnson, who, you know, we've had on the, you know, on the channel and stuff like that, talk about how there wasn't really a lot of interaction between him and and J.J. Abrams when it came to the script, that he was kind of given, you know, carte blanche of sorts to go and do whatever he wanted to do with right. the movie. That's not how you treat a saga, you know? Like like all of a sudden, uh, Popeye can get strong eating kale instead of spinach, you know, just because <laughs> kale is more popular today when kale just to only be the thing that you put in the ice – and like at the salad bar back in the old days, right? I it's, love this metaphor more than anything. Yeah, yeah like it, it, you need to build up to kale is the new spinach. You can't just have that be happen out of nowhere. It shows a huge lack of respect 
for what made Star Wars what it is up until they sold it, which is this unifying vision. Whether you like it or you don't, you can't argue the fact that George Lucas had was the first and the last word and the middle word and the side word. And he was like, you know, that old statement like, you know, with Harry Truman, the buck stops here. Mm. The bucks the buck always stopped with George Lucas. He took the responsibility, he took the heat. George Lucas, uh, Richard Marquand, who directed Return of the Jedi, said directing a Star Wars movie uh, with George Lucas in the next room is like directing a Shakespeare play with Shakespeare right over your shoulder. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I've always, that always stuck with me because even though Lucas decided to start ILM and Lucasfilm and all these things while he was making Empire, handed it off to Irvin Kirshner, which is my favorite, by the way, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. He did collaborate there a little bit, but it always was, to your point, Lucas – had the final say. He was on. There's a great transcript out there of him on set with Kirshner, with Han Solo, with Carrie Fisher, with Lando, everybody coming up with the famous I know, which yeah. he hated with Lucas, somewhat hated it at that time. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, I personally have loved Force Awakens. You know my thoughts on The Last Jedi. Yeah. We do differ completely yeah, on which that. Is, which is great. Which is great. And as you can see, we can sit down and Break bread is too Sith in the Yeah, absolutely. Room. Look, but uh, I didn't like Solo. I had a, a lot of problems with Solo, um, and that gets me to the, the kind of the point. Solo. Okay, so we have a pause button. We have uh, perhaps canceled. There's, there's no that hasn't been the official yeah, word. It's on hold. It's on. It's hiatus. on hold. It's on hiatus. Now, if they date a movie like Boba Fett, then we know that this. They're going to move forward again. But there has been no – there wasn't even an official announcement for Obi-Wan. There was yeah. only rumors that there were pre-production yeah. in this. That one bumps me out the most, and I want to get into that in depth. But I yeah. want to give Christian Harloff some credit here. Um, he and I were talking about this. And, um, and look, I'm going to be very honest here because you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly who's listening. But this is, you know, this is a fairly honest view into the world of Collider. You know, we have a lot of programming, a lot of content. You yeah. Know? We've put shows on hold or hiatus. Absolutely. Right? We, we, we've done that. You know, we still own the IP of the show. We, we still have the ability, given X, Y, Z circumstance, to bring the show back. Sure. But when something is on hold or hiatus, it's done until further notice. Exactly. And so, that, you know, that's for a number of reasons. For From your point of view, in Collider, behind the scenes and otherwise, when the views aren't there, the views aren't there. You know? Right. And we have to – Look at other avenues to get those views. We have to, you know, you have to program. You have to manage and get everybody focused on the right angles, and that's what it seems to be doing with the Star Wars spinoffs. And so, when they say focus on Episode Nine, I love the idea of a unifying vision because, as much as I love the Last Jedi and Force Awakens, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that Johnson and JJ never talked and never planned it together. And that's what I'm hearing it to be true. And if you go back and kind of look at it and break it down, you can kind of see that happening because we were joking. Two Sith sitting here in the throne room. Remember those Knights of Ren? Right. I don't. Right. What right. happened to those guys? <laughs> right, right, right. That, that was introduced in Force Awakens. Never touched on other than a passing reference by Snoke saying Knight of Ren or whatever he said. Um, Which is amazing to me, to be honest. You know, like especially when, yeah. when the – when you look at the – look – there's a bunch of different things going on here, and I mean, I can't say how many hours I've spent thinking about this. You know, obviously to a, to You're a, a fault. Star Wars nerd, which I appreciate because yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah, and like, look, I, 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 when 
when Disney bought Star Wars, I was actually very excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Because I knew and um, that J.J. Abrams was handpicked by Lucas to direct Episode Seven. Yes. Episode Seven was being was written by George Lucas and uh, Michael Arndt, mm-hmm. the writer of Toy Story Three. Yeah. Michael Arndt, I believe, still gets top billing on the screenwriting credit for for The Force Awakens. He got a story by, I think, as well. Yeah. 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 So you know, so the we do know that the Episode Seven script originated from George Lucas and Michael Arndt. Right. Um, and then you have that famous uh, video, you know, on the internet of uh, of Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas sitting down, right. talking about this announcement, mm-hmm. talking about how uh, George Lucas, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but George Lucas saying, I have a bunch of stories, I have a bunch of characters, I have a bunch of ideas, I can't wait to work with Kathy, right? And that is a quote, to work, he calls her Kathy, to work with Kathy. To bring all these things to life, yeah. you know, and then Kathy rebuttals and says, "Yeah, I can't wait to treat all these characters with the love and respect that George intended to." Right? Mm-hmm. As the movie started to get in serious development, this is all public out there. I think there's a great interview with um, with Lucas and the dude from uh, PBS, uh, Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose, right? Um, oh, was that the infamous uh, when he said something along the lines yeah. of Disney being yeah. a blankety blank blank blankety blank blank? Yeah, yes, we'll just, we won't go into that, but that you can go look it up, Charlie yeah. Rose. There but it look, is. Look, it's one of my favorite George Lucas interviews because it's I think it's where he's at his most vulnerable and his most honest because it was like. You know what? It, look, I'm going to get a little weird here, but it, <laughs> I love it, it. It, it's very similar to like when a couple says, hey, let's have an open relationship. Mm. You know, let's try to get, you know, let's try to get somebody in the mix or <laughs> something like that. Right. Like these uncomfortable things. And will end horribly. Yes. And um, <laughs> and when when development started on episode seven, um, they told Lucas, hey, like, slow down. Um, we we have a very clear focus mm. to make this movie a little bit nostalgic mm-hmm. okay like it's a it's not a reboot but we do want to try to harken back to some nostalgic things to try to maybe bring that audience that was the original trilogy audience that was so turned off by the prequels to come back in full force for the new trilogy which is a smart business movie because that's the people with the most disposable income right right um and he was you know what i'm out yeah, doesn't he, he, ha- he handed it off, and uh, then they got rid of Arnt. They got rid they of Arnt. brought in JJ and Lawrence Kasdan. Right. Put a pause button on the solo movie, which was also Lucas wanting to do that. He wanted Episode Seven and a Han Solo movie. Okay, first of all, I didn't know that. Which yeah, is so Lawrence Kasdan was writing a Han Solo movie with under the guidance of George Lucas, and then. When episode seven really started to heat up and they needed help fixing it, to your point, they wanted more nostalgia, less prequel, less – they wanted to almost ignore the prequels, which I see in these – new. and that is a big criticism of mine of The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is the fact that there isn't some references to the prequels. Now, I know we did get the Darth Sidious reference in uh, Last Jedi and we had a kind of an homage to the – you know, Anakin storming the Jedi Temple with Kylo Ren storming Krayt. Sure, that was sure. from Ryan Johnson. What's the Sidious reference <clears throat> in Last Jedi? Uh, Luke says Darth Sidious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, okay, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, yeah, and yeah, so on and yeah. so forth. Um, but yeah, so Lawrence Kasdan then jumped off of Han Solo. They put that to the side. He worked on Force Awakens and then came back around. 
But I understand what you're saying. Keep yeah. going with your, your yeah. So 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 it's like um, at that point, going back to my analogy of the couple, mm-hmm. it like it didn't work. It got ugly. They broke up, and you know the smart thing. And I don't know if it's the smart thing, but George Lucas said, even though it was written into his agreement that he would still have involvement to a certain degree, mm-hmm. he he said, you know what, it's okay. Like, it's best if we don't see each other at all. So I'm gonna go over here. And you guys go do your thing, and I'm going to keep making my independent movies that I'm only going to watch. And literally, yeah. that's a quote from him. Yeah. That he's supposedly working on movies that are only intended for him and his family. And God bless him for it. Uh, I, I will God, always I'd stand. Love to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, <clears throat> I stand by this that George Lucas and Robert Rodriguez are, in my time, the only two um, independent filmmakers that have actually broken through uh, into the mainstream. On their own, steam. through their own independent yeah, ways, yeah, yeah, um, and it's really never happened since those two guys, you know, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, I would tend to agree with that. But you know, when when um, you know when 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 that shift happened, and Disney got what they wanted, mm-hmm. right? And they were like, "Oh, the prequels are poison," right? The prequels are poison, and uh, they're going to do nothing but hurt. This um, this new thing that we're trying to do, and George Lucas left. I knew that it was the beginning of a huge problem, and and I told this to a few friends of mine. It's not a problem that you're going to notice in the first five months. Right. It's a promise that you. It's a problem you're going to start noticing in the first two years. Which because- I think you were. Well, let's let's look at it this way. First up, I'm with you on the prequels. I like started to revisit, and when you start to watch those movies over and over and over again, you see what Lucas was trying to do. Now, I would argue some of the execution doesn't work for me. Shift, yeah. Uh, some of the characters are flat. That's sure. in the writing. But what I appreciate about Lucas is that he even said you could watch these movies with just the music, and you would get the story. Absolutely. Without the dialogue. Absolutely. And that's a forward-thinking filmmaker that's an outside-the-box filmmaker, and I've become what a term that Ken Knapsack, our friend Ken Knapsack, has come up with, <laughs> right. prequelist. Right, right. Which I am a prequelist. I love those movies, and I will watch those movies always. I rank them differently, just like you do. Uh, and I actually really appreciate you saying you like Revenge of the Sith as your favorite. I think you're crazy, but I yeah, like no, it. It's my opinion. I love Revenge it is of your, the Sith. It's yeah. your opinion, exactly. Um, but when I... What was my point with this? When, when I'm thinking about... The the prequels and what they're doing in this new – I was going to say that Force Awakens, Rogue One. So Force Awakens does $2 billion Yeah. plus. Unbelievable. Rogue One does like $1.3. Amazing. And you know, right after Rogue One, we're like, wow, they're yeah. really kicking it. Like we, we got this awesome – and a lot – I would say a lot of people loved Rogue One. Yeah. Because it's we a good got movie. new characters. I like Rogue One. I love Rogue One. Yeah. Um, and we got new characters. It's when it gets to my next point. When we get to The Last Jedi, mm. we know what happens mm. there. We don't have to delve into it too much. It hits, and it hits with a giant thud with fans yeah. somewhat. Okay, yeah. It's very divisive. Very They're divisive. still fighting right now. They're still and, – and we'll get to some of my Twitter mentions here. When I posted this news, I, I got to tell you, a lot of Je- – Last Jedi came up. Ruin Johnson came up. All these things. Now, I believe I was the first one to say Ruin Johnson. Eight but anyway. came up with that. <laughs> Because my boy Ryan Johnson, I will stand up for that man any day of the week. Yeah. And but I but I know. Okay, here we are. So then, when it comes to Solo, we're we're coming on a, a May, a crowded summer movie season. We have Infinity War, we have Deadpool two, we have Jurassic World coming later, we have Incredibles two. All these big, so crowded summer, and it 
opens – it took a shit. Yeah. It really did. For a Star Wars movie to open under $100 million three days is unheard of. Yeah. I mean I remember doing the tracking and I even said early, early, early – Everybody listen out there. Find that video when I said it because I really did. I said, I'm thinking 85 million to 90 million. It'll open under 100 million. Then the tracking reports come out and it's between 130 and 150. And I went, oh, I was totally wrong. Of course, it's Star Wars. Right. But then it turned out to be true. Um, there was the boycott solo campaign that a lot of people thought it was, which yeah. I don't buy that for no, one second. Not at all. I. What do you think? Is it, there's a downward trend happening right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. The divisiveness of Last Jedi. Solo being too nostalgic, relying on too uh, too much of a familiar character, uh, or is it Star Wars fatigue, or is it the summer movie season and, and it got lost within the Deadpool's and Infinity Wars? Look, I uh, first it's a very loaded question and um, it's fun to think about because it's a long question too. Yeah, you know, I um, when everybody says, look, Star Wars made you know uh, the last jedi is not a is not a flop it made x amount of billions and i believe 1. it's 1.6 like 1. 1.6 it's Let me uh, see. uh domestically what is it number 4 all time or number 5 it's like top 5 it is yeah it 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 hit it really did i mean you can't really argue that it hit as far as so 1.3 sorry 1.3 billion in the uh worldwide uh, Rogue One made 1.56 billion. So let me go there right now. Oh, okay. So Rogue One did better. Rogue Bottom One line. did no less. It did less. So uh, Last Jedi did 1.3. Rogue One did 1.056. Domestic. Dom- uh, no, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. So domestic 620 did the Last Jedi. Let's go to uh, all time. Let's go domestic, and we got. The Last Jedi is at number eight all time. Number domestic. eight. First of all, that's that's very impressive. And I, beat I the Dark Knight. It beat the Dark Knight. So, yeah. I believe that uh, Disney actually has nine of the top ten films of all time. It has Force Awakens at one, Black Panther at number three, Infinity War at number four, Avengers at number seven, and Star Wars: The Last Jedi at number eight, and Rogue One: A Star Wars Story at number ten. Right, and then I think Jurassic World is in there somewhere. Jurassic right? World's at number six. Number yeah, six, yeah. Which is so look weird, you know. Um, and I was talking to Riley about this a little earlier. Uh, when people say Star Wars is fine, that is completely wrong. Star Wars is not fine. Star Wars is in trouble. You were talking to me, yeah. When we were, oh yeah, when we were setting up for this, yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, I was telling Riley, it's like one of the greatest insights humanity has ever had is the concept of relativity. Mm-hmm. Like when we fully understand. That an airplane could be moving, or let's let's use a simpler analogy, like a train could be moving at 200 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and somebody who's standing at the train station sees it zoom by, and it's like, wow, that shit is going really fast. That's doing incredible, right? right. But now, if you get a train going right next to it at the same exact speed, if you're on either train and you look at the other train, the train looks like it's standing still, Not right? Really. Right. Um, if the train slows down one of the trains, then the train looks, even though it's still going 200, uh, let's say 198 miles an hour, one's going 200, the other train looks like it's going slow, right? This is the concept, the general concept of relativity. Sure. So when you compare what what Disney has, right, with Marvel and with Star Wars, you can see that relative to each other, um, Star Wars is underperforming what it's supposed to be doing. It's got a downward trend, just it like does. you said. It's got a downward trend where the opposite is true with Marvel, right? right? Marvel has an upward trend. Civil War, which is probably my favorite Marvel movie, 
didn't do as well as Black Panther, as no. Avengers Infinity War. No. Like there is upward trend happening in Marvel. They're getting better at it. Now, what does Marvel have? Obviously, they have an incredible IP that's you know, a huge legacy IP. It's been around for almost 100 years. But they also have, you know, not to be super simplistic here, but they also have vision. Yeah. Right? In the form of Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige is the George Lucas of Marvel. The yeah. buck stops with him. Yeah. Or at least it seems that way. It seems – yeah, that's that's the narrative that we have. That, But there, you can also back that up with a little bit of facts. Right. You can look, look at uh, interviews. You could look at that nice retrospective 10-year video they did when Kevin Feige says, yeah, we put uh, Nick Fury in at the end of Iron Man and said Avengers Initiative. That's vision. Right. That was the vision right there. And that vision was we're going to now make all these movies and, our, and the fans lost their mind, including right. me. Right. I I totally agree with that, and as much as I, the Last Jedi is in my top probably well the top five of my favorite Star Wars movies mm-hmm. might even be top three on a good day I don't know wow I know I know I love it but let me but let me yeah. give the support the, the we're I a very tolerant we're a very tolerant group here <laughs> it's amazing that you didn't fire me that day Mr Fernandez <laughs> but I could see what you mean because. As much as The Last Jedi is a bang-up Star Wars movie for me, I also see it as a Ryan Johnson movie. Right. And I can look at The Force Awakens and see that as a J.J. Abrams movie. That's very. That's actually very astute. Uh, you you're know? very right. You're very right. But within the sandbox of the Star Wars universe, much like t- to pull in Marvel as Vision, Taika Waititi doing one of my favorite Marvel movies now that's quickly going to the top of the list, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. We actually saw that together. We saw that together. And yeah. I had the time of my life there. Watch it again, and I see Taika Waititi in the sandbox of the Thor universe and, and moreover, the MCU. So I understand that. But so now I'm looking at all the box office with Solo, and I'm looking at this report from Frosty. Makes a lot of sense. However, I find it very reactionary. Vision aside, yep. the, the lack of vision, to your point, is why th- they're pausing this right now. I think if they've stuck to their vision, somebody even in my mentions on Twitter said – if this was Feige, he wouldn't have blinked an eye. And you know what? You can back that up. Iron Man 2 comes out. Absolutely. Great point. Doesn't really yeah, – yeah, yeah. you know, the fans are like kind of lukewarm for the Dark World. OK. Lukewarm. Yeah. Doesn't do. Bang up. But then what did he do? He kept going. Yeah. He had his vision. He had a vision. Don't worry. We're going to get Civil War. We're going to get Thor Ragnarok. We're going to get Black Panther. We're going to get Captain Marvel. We're going to get Infinity War. We're going to get Avengers 4. And moreover, here's over here, Guardians of the Galaxy, letting right. James, uh, James Gunn do his thing. So I get your point. Yeah. So now we look at Solo. We look at the box office. But Is this reactionary to you? So, so yes, a little bit. But you know, just, to, just to close the loop on the vision thing for, yeah. for, you know, for one second. Um, and you and I also had this you know, great discussion. So it's a very common saying out there, and it, I actually think it's a very true one. Mm-hmm. Which is that you know all great art is some form of imitation, right? Right. You know, and, yeah. and like even when you got Star Wars, um, Star Wars was very heavily influenced by obviously Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero's Journey, mm-hmm. very heavily influenced by The Hidden Fortress by Akira Kurosawa. Um, it had um, you know um, uh, Flash Gordon mm-hmm. um, all over the place. Oh, of course. 
So it, 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 serial movies that he grew up with. It had a lot of DNA in it that you can clearly see, oh, I see where that comes from, right? Quentin Tarantino obviously does that a lot as well. Right. You know, True Romance is almost a one-for-one of a movie like Badlands, right, by Terrence Malick, right? right. So uh, down to the music. But um, these artists take inspiration and they build on it and they sort of use – what other great artists have laid before them, and they build on top of that, mm-hmm. right? My huge critique, and I think a lot of people's critique with this new trilogy, with this Disney version of Star Wars, is that it's not like imitation, the greatest form of flattery type of thing where you're building on somebody's work. They're literally tracing the work of, of George Lucas. And it, and with the exception of, of, of Gareth Edwards with Rogue One, I think it really falls flat. I mean, Solo, like, was based on a sentence. Right. Or like one little blurb, like, I could do the Castle Run in 12 parsecs. Right. The Boom. Whole there's, friggin- there's your movie. There's your We're movie. Gonna, there, yeah. Rogue One is based on a sentence in the crawl Rebel of Rebel spies hope. striking from a hidden fort, uh, you know, a hidden base have won their first... Yeah. So Victory, yeah. they're trying to extract these minerals, or they're, they're extract this value, mine this value out of this incredible franchise without hitting new oil. Like they, you know, they, they got to be able. And this is why the the prequels I think are so special because it's obviously everything that you you know it, it's very similar in story to everything that you get in the original trilogy, but the universe is much bigger. Yeah, right. There's Jedi's everywhere. There's mm-hmm. fucking lightsabers everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a story of a dude taking down the entire friggin' republic and right. building the empire. Yep. There, there's, this, there's this obviously a clear-cut vision for what everything that's going that on. That he created himself when Obi-Wan's telling Luke about the Clone Wars and his father right. in A New Hope. That was the whole – Right. That's the prequels. Yeah. And I, I can understand that. I think a lot of people – I love your – uh, analogy of tracing because I think – and I'm playing devil's advocate for this because, sure. of course, I love The Force Awakens. Yeah. And I, I could ar- – I could. it's another podcast. I could argue for Force Awakens and Last Jedi. But a lot of people did see tracing with The Force Awakens, a yeah. droid in the desert with plans. You know, They come across a, you know, somebody you know, like Scavenger or a moisture farmer, Luke, Ray, so on and so forth. Yeah, and like, you know, also um, – um, so anyway, to answer your question, is it reactionary to the box office of, of Han Solo? I don't think so, to be honest. You okay. know, this is my take on it. I don't think so. I think that this is just a good excuse internally to say, uh, you know what, it's not working. But what the real problem is, and look, Bob Iger is one of the smartest executives in the history of Hollywood. Um, and he's a very, very smart dude. And he's got these two trains that are moving at incredible speed that nobody else can keep up with. Right. But relative to each other, one train is moving slower than the other. Yeah. You know? And a guy like Bob Iger doesn't settle for that. You right. Know? Kathleen Kennedy is a legend in the Hollywood uh, story. You can't tell the story of Hollywood without, without talking about Kathleen Kennedy. Yep. I- I'm a huge fan of Kathleen Kennedy. Like she did, She did it a – I mean – you know, her work e. on E.T., Raiders, yep. Willow. Uh, I mean, she worked so much with Spielberg in those, like, glory golden years. Oh, yeah, years. she was – Indiana Jones. His and, right-hand woman. Yeah, I mean, incredible. Like, one of the first names that I remember being aware of in Hollywood was Kathleen Kennedy. That's interesting. I think yeah. so, too. I yeah. think I was, too, because, it, like, E.T. is one of my favorite movies of all time. It might be number one or number two, d- depending on where I land for the day. 
Jaws being the other, but she was right there yeah, with him. And God bless her. And I've gotten a chance to meet her before, and I treated her with nothing but the utmost respect because this her career is so impressive. Yeah. That there's nothing you can really say, hey, like this is not a good thing. But is she a good steward for Star Wars? Probably not because and, she's not the one that holds the vision. And I think it's fair to critique somebody's work. I think it's fair to look at previous work. Like I just pulled up her, her credits, Empire of the Sun, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. It's you incredible. Know, you can't a, tell a, the Hollywood story without Arachnophobia. I mean, which yeah, is getting I love remake. that movie. Hook. Uh, you know, Schindler's List. I mean, look at all the Jurassic Park, of course. Um, I tend to agree with you in that I see that they're within the Star Wars universe. This is a producer that has made some of the biggest movies of all time. And she looked at each movie in the Star Wars saga, or the new sequel trilogy, as its own movie. Yes. When I think what you're saying, and which I tend to agree with you and would like to see more of is a vision, a unifying vision of a saga, right. which there is has what to Lucas always did with prequels and the original trilogy. Right. There has to be that. And you, and you also have to also uh, be ready to pick the heir apparent, right? Because not everybody wakes up in the morning and says, lightsaber. You know, right. like it, it doesn't it doesn't happen a lot. Just like not everybody wakes up in the morning and says, oh, the general theory of relativity. That's how I'm going to solve gravity. Right. Like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work that way. You yeah. know, so I actually think that it all started when Lucas said, wait a minute. I don't know if I like where you guys are going with this thing. It's not really the story that we have on the script. They're right. like, oh, we want to go nostalgia. Right. And then he's like, oh, OK, I'm out. He literally started – his – was rumored is, is his – and it just came out. I don't know if you heard this, that his episode seven started with Luke on the island with Ray, with Ray coming to get training, but that he was going to dive even deeper into the midi-chlorian kind of science of, Interesting. of the Force and that he was going to introduce a scientific term that the wills control the midi-chlorians. So we would go one step deeper – that the Wills, which you know, Journal of the Wills, Star Wars Journal of the Wills. Sure, sure. So I think that might have scared, scared Disney. Because what, what, what was the big thing walking out of It kind of scares Phantom? me, to be honest. Yeah. What, what was the big thing walking out of Phantom Menace? What the fuck are these many chlorians? Right, right. And You're Jar Jar, right. but yeah. And Jar Jar, well, of course. Yeah. And Darth Maul's cool as fuck. And Dar- you know who I was talking to? I was, I was at that Cobra Kai event with Christian, and okay. I was talking to a guy. He's, he was, he's a young guy. He's, he's, he's in this business. Favorite character? Jar Jar Binks. Interesting. <laughs> and I went, you're kidding me. I said, let's get a drink. we got to talk about this. Well, look, Jar Jar Binks, say what you will about him. Um, he is the first fully realized digital character he in is. the history of Hollywood. Absolutely. Ahmed Best did it first. Yeah. He really did it, did it before Circus. You know, Star Wars has a responsibility, or always did anyway, under the Lucas regime, to push the, the technology of filmmaking forward. To push forward the, te- the 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 concept of merchandising around. Oh God! Like he, he was way ahead of his time with I that mean, merchandising. <laughs> people look at just like um, pure tonnage of volume sold of merchandise in the original trilogy and in the prequel compared to this new series of movies, and the merchandise has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, you know, it, it's like they they. I think now that you know, it's funny just talking it through with you. When Lucas leaves and says, I'm good, 
Yeah. Like you guys go do your own thing. You bought it. It's yours. You know, God bless uh, and have fun with it. They didn't replace him. You know, mm-hmm. Kathy was there to produce his vision, mm-hmm. right, and, and and keep everything running as the president of Lucasfilm. They didn't replace Lucas. No. They had J.J., but J.J. Abrams was just there for one movie. He, he, he didn't want to become the new George Lucas. He wanted to, everybody to think he was George Lucas, but he didn't actually take on the responsibility of what it means to actually drive a ship like that. Right. They never brought on a Kevin Feige. They never really brought on a executive producer that was focused on the creative side. Because th- Yes, and, th- and this is where I totally agree with you because Kathleen Kennedy, to her core, is a producer. She can see the nuts and bolts, put them together, and make a movie and make that movie work. But the vision that you're getting to is I'm talking it through with you now. I'm starting to see not only your points but looking at everything. Now, I would push back a little bit about it being reactionary Mm -hmm. because if reactionary off of Solo's box office, I then bring up Rogue One. It made over a billion dollars in this, the tenth highest grossing yeah, movie yeah. of all and time. Yeah, yeah, and look, Force Awakens, Last Jedi. So those so, three movies right out of the gate, highest grossing movies ten all time. Yep. You get one dud with Solo. I would say, okay, pause. Don't put it out there. Don't don't cancel everything. Which leads to my point of Obi Wan. Right. So so, but just to touch on your reactionary thing, because yeah. I think you actually just proved my point. Um, it isn't reactionary. Because it makes no sense for it to be reactionary to exactly what you're saying. Hmm. Rogue One is the 10th movie of all time. Right. Right? The next one they did, Solo, was a giant dud for a million different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Primarily because it had no vision, like in my opinion. Like, you know, besides the fact that uh, uh, Alden is uh, five foot six or something. And like Harrison Ford is six foot four, and so he was the least of my problems with that. Right, movie. right. But to me, visually, it was very shocking. He never felt to me. He never felt like Han Solo once. You know? Yeah. Uh, I like, mean, he sort of did with me. I mean, I could see a number of different directors at work in this movie. I thought it was uneven. I thought yeah. it was over reliant on nostalgia. Yeah. Like, huh? Remember but, this scene? But what? So what I see when I look, you know, when I'm trying to see the forest through the trees, so to speak. Sure. I'm just seeing this. Um, let's let's kill it on the heels of Han Solo's bomb as just a, a opportunistic thing, you know. Having you know, being a manager and being a business owner, I understand this mentality. Like, oh, this is a good scapegoat, right? Because my real problem okay. is that there's no vision. Mm-hmm. My real problem is that I need to shake up who's running this thing. Mm-hmm. So focus on episode nine just means I'm not green lighting anything else. I'm just going to do episode nine. Right. And I'm going to find somebody new to run Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy could be in the mix and, to your point, serve her original role as George Lucas's um, executor, you know, her, George Lucas's Darth Vader, who's out there doing what she needs to do. But this is just, I'm telling you right now, and I think I'll be proven right about this, even though this is only an opinion. This is all a move, a very pragmatic, tactical move by the smartest entertainment company in the history of mankind to fix their fast-moving train so that it stays at the same speed so keep, as Marvel. Yep, keep pace. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I think because Kathleen Kennedy can go, okay, we have some Star Wars movies in development. We also have Indiana Jones 5. We also could maybe do a Willow movie because there was talk of a Willow movie, which will never happen, I'm sure, now because Ron Howard. So I love Willow. I love Willow too. Yeah. Of course. It's, it's yeah. part of our childhood. Willow! Um, <laughs> Matt Modigan! Yeah. Um, and I can see that, but to your point, 
bringing in somebody as the shepherd of the Star Wars brand, like Marvel with Kevin Feige, I would like to see as well. Yeah. Um, but and it, it goes can't, to the, it can't be Kasdan's kid. No, like I'm saying that right now. No, no, no. I yeah. don't. John, wait. Why would John be? I've been hearing some things, oh, and, 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 and really? like I've been hearing that they love this kid, and like I, like that movie is unwatchable. Like I've never been so bored. Like in a mainstream summer blockbuster, as I was watching Solo. Yeah, this I, movie was boring. I, I I was with you. We were all there at the same time, and I remember looking at my watch, shifting yeah. in my seat, going, yeah. "Okay." And look, I'll, yeah. I'm going to give it a, a scoop here, and probably nobody's still listening at this point. But I'm going to oh. give it a scoop here. Somebody. Oh, from I think the, I think there are people <laughs> listening. Absolutely. So, somebody are. from the studio after we left the Han Solo premiere looked at me. I'm not going to say names. I'm not say who said it, but okay. it's somebody that was sitting near me. Okay, I'll just give that hint. Looked okay. over at me and said, "That was dull." Right. <laughs> and, and it actually took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. The movie was boring. Yeah. yeah. I, I was sitting next to Christian and we kept looking at each other. You know, Darth Harloff and Yodi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were moments that I, I really liked in it, but then there were moments that I just uh, – I think dull is a, is a good term for it. Yeah. But then what about this Obi-Wan movie? When I oh, go God. to my Twitter mentions oh, and I know you're a fan of the Obi-Wan movie. You wanted to see it. Now it's – Hello it, there. It's uh, – hello there. Yeah. So we're, uh, the people are saying – well, one person said reactionary. Uh, one person said, uh, so we've gone from two a year to one every two years. So just not to interrupt you. Yeah. My point is reactionary lets them off the hook. I can see that. Yeah. Reactionary lets them off the hook. This is not reactionary. This is strategic, very carefully planned, a total re arrangement of the entire Star Wars franchise. Well, that's what they're doing. But the in Frosters report said that there was some work done on an Obi-Wan movie, some pre-production and that that is no longer they've been let go. And we heard rumors mm, that sad. they were that they were scouting locations maybe, that there was a director, <sighs> Stephen Daldry that was going to come in. Not 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 another happy landing. Not a happy landing. <laughs> and I think everybody including two the two guys here wanted this Obi-Wan movie. Oh god, more than anything. More than anything. So why an Obi-Wan movie and not a Han Solo movie? Maybe it's because there's that story, much like Rogue One, that you've heard that's become legend, which is what was Obi-Wan doing in the desert while Luke was growing up? Yeah, so look, there is one vision that the new Star Wars trilogy has, in my opinion, and Mm -hmm. that's to completely obliterate the concept of a lightsaber in Star Wars. And I love the friggin' lightsaber. I think that there's been very few iconic like weapons or images or or sounds sounds or whatever that are as cool as the lightsaber. It was a huge breakthrough, and like I actually think Spielberg, I'm sorry, Spielberg, uh, Lucas got it from a book that he read, and, and and there's all beautiful stories of how he actually came up with the with the lightsaber. But I mean, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but the the Last Jedi doesn't have a lightsaber fight, right? Yeah. It doesn't even have a lightsaber fight. Like yeah. there's people with lightsabers fighting. They sure. never touch each other. Only t- two times the lightsabers actually clash is when Luke Skywalker and Ben Solo and Ben Solo tries to kill his nephew while he's sleeping, or or doesn't try to kill him, but like threatens to pulls the lightsaber out and, and ignites it while he's sleeping, and then Solo blocks it. Um, that's it, you know. And which, what I, is, which I happen to love that choice because of we expect it. That's but again, okay, that's anyway, a podcast for another yeah, time. This is a great – yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should have seen Fernandez's face when he looked at me and said, you are getting fired after this. Yeah. Now, look, having your own opinions and having your own feelings about movies 
and people respecting those opinions is what we're all about. So, Absolutely. So, and that's why I yeah. love that you and I can go and have these conversations. Of course. We, we started talking about The Last Jedi at, at the Infinity War premiere because we just kind yeah. of travel into it. We're, we're movie lovers. Yeah. Um, um, but, but the anyway, Obi-Wan movie, to your point of destroying the lightsaber. Right. So the Obi-Wan movie. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest uh, lightsaber wielders in this saga. Sure. Getting his own movie um, in in friggin' Tatooine. Movie opens. Obi Wan rest, you know, like fights off a bunch, you know, like all of a sudden you see Owen and the and the wife and baby Luke Skywalker in that busted old speeder driving through the night of Tatooine. Ambushed by sand people. Uh, by sand people, yeah. And then what do you hear? And you see like the blue lightsaber coming out, and the guardian of 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 Luke Skywalker taking care of business. Yeah. Owen knowing exactly who he is and yep. knowing that he's out there and that he's always watching. Yeah. Um. And then when you when when you come back to the hut, what do you get? Of course, you get Qui Gon Jinn, right? Mm. Because at the Ghost end, Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. Because yep. at the end of uh, Sith, Sith yep. he tells you. Going. Training for you I still have, right? I need you to commune with Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon has a message for you. Yep. Now, what, what was Qui-Gon's message in the prequels? There's something about this boy, right? Right. Like he's a special boy. Oh, man, you're making me really want this movie. <laughs> he's a special boy. You got to go save him. Yeah. You got to go save him. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Yeah. Right? Like that I could be saved. So a movie where, where – Obi-Wan makes a decision based on his master from the dead telling him, you know what? Like, I know that Luke Skywalker needs your care. Mm-hmm. And, like, you've been doing a great job at that. But you're meant for more. you got to bring Darth Vader. you got to bring Anakin Skywalker back. So br- bringing Vader into this. Yeah. So then he goes after Vader, Vader to bring him back. And, and, like, and then you get the greatest movie ever made potentially. Potentially. Yeah. So Potentially. Like, this, is, like, this is some great fan fiction right now. <laughs> right, right. But losing the hope of even something like that is, uh, is a – yeah. It's painful. It is painful because I think – you know what? It, it's like it, we're walking that line because you know when I heard the – so they announce a boat. Well, they don't announce. Again, we have to be very careful of our wording here because a lot of people are like, well, they announced a Boba Fett film. It's like, no, let's – THR had a source. Very true. That said, Boba Fett in development with James Mangold. Okay, that wasn't announced officially by Lucasfilm. The official official from StarWars.com announced Ryan Johnson's trilogy, Benioff and Weiss, and those movies. John Favreau doing the the Star yep. Wars TV show. Yep, that's it. That's it. Inclu- yeah. And then before that, J.J. Abrams was coming in for Episode Nine. Before that, it was Ryan Johnson's doing Episode Eight. Before that, it was J.J. Abrams doing Force Awakens. Those are the official. That's fair. So when you think of a Boba Fett movie, I went, I don't need that, much like I didn't need a Han Solo movie, more because I fell in love with those characters' mystery. Mm. With Obi-Wan, I want the story you were just because, talking about. First of, all, that's a great, first of all, it's a beautiful point okay. because there's more story to be told about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. He wasn't shrouded in a kind of a swagger and a, a character trait that was kind of like – you, you wonder where he came from and you fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. But with Obi-Wan, he mentions Anakin and, and the Clone Wars, and we get yeah. that with the prequels. He mentions, like, you know, the, you know Obi-Wan. Well, I haven't heard that name. And he, he is me. He's, yeah. <laughs> of course I know him. He's me. I don't recall ever owning a droid. Liar, Obi-Wan. Right, right. Why right. did he say that to Luke? Seriously, if from a certain point of view is the Obi-Wan character – 
And so from, from a certain point of view, you can get all these great stories, and I want that too. There's a great comic that I, I'm going to give to you. It's Obi-Wan guarding Luke, mm. where and it was a Legends. It was back in the Dark Horse days. Sure, I love where, the Dark Horse days. Yeah, me too. And they sent a um, like almost like a, an assassin to take out Luke, mm. and Obi-Wan literally comes out of the sand. Oh, nice. To stop him. <laughs> and you're like, damn, that Obi-Wan's a spry guy. Yeah, I mean, there's so – you know, first of all, let's also talk about Ewan McGregor. The guy is an icon to yeah. an entire generation of Star Wars fans. Yeah. The guy has publicly on our very own Collider, the guy has said, I want to do this movie. Yeah. Like this is a movie that you would try – that you would have to try really, 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 really hard to not beat Rogue One. Like you would have to make the movie – without Ewan McGregor and without a lightsaber. Like you would have to make those two choices to prevent this movie from being a blockbuster smash. Um, And again, it goes back to our original problem. Who's guiding the ship? It it was Lucas and Kathy. Lucas leaves. Kathy's on her own. She never replaces Lucas. Now she's making decisions without knowing exactly – where the end of the rainbow is is do you leading. think do you think it's uh Kathy Kennedy or does it is it Bob Iger guiding the ship not guiding the ship making this call to pause the the st- the star of stories this is Iger yeah this is Iger um, I think so too yeah this is uh this is part of a of a Look, this is all conjecture, obviously. Like, yeah, I have, absolutely. To be honest, I have no idea. It's really idea. important <laughs> that you guys know this. I mean, it's like we we are not the journalists here. We yeah, are yeah, the, yeah. We are d- different. The fans. We're like the we're, Star Wars nerds. Yeah. We are the Star Wars nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we have no foundation for this other than logic. Okay? Yeah. Logic and obviously the past, right? Like what is science? I'm a big science guy. Science mm-hmm. is only using data that you've accrued in the past to predict the future. That's what science is. Yeah. Um, and if I were to look at the data here, this looks like – Bob Iger is reshuffling the train so it moves at the same speed as Avengers. He doesn't want – because, like, let's face it. Marvel's great. The Avengers is great. It's the highest-grossing film franchise of all time. All these great things. This has only happened in the last 10 years. Right, which like, is unbelievable. Star Wars has been around since 77. It is, without a doubt, the most influential entertainment franchise on the planet Earth. And it is losing steam. That is, a, that is troubling. It's still miles ahead of everything. Right. Like Star Wars is still more successful than maybe every other film franchise put together. But relative to Marvel, it's not. So, not right now. Not right now. So it is losing traction. So it's, it's interesting. I'm going to go into my Twitter mentions here, yeah, yeah, and I'm just going to just scan for a word. Go for it. And go it's for a it. name. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. or Obi-Wan. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13. I'm going to stop there at lucky number 13. Right. You can see how many people have said how much they wanted an Obi-Wan movie. The fans wanted the Obi-Wan movie. It seemed to be universally accepted that we wanted an Obi-Wan movie. Everybody yeah. here in this office He's the missing a, link. He's a missing link. My hope is they focus on episode 9. They give – I personally, I don't think Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to happen. Um, first of all, I'm 100% with you. I, I think, think it's – I think it's not happening. Um, I think the Favreau show is going to happen. Oh yeah, that's going to happen. He's yeah. he's he's well at work. Yeah. You on know all what? It's scripts. funny. Like uh, to talk about Favreau for a second. Yeah, he was my favorite part. I think in Han Solo. Really? Yeah, yeah he was not my favorite. Really? I liked him in Han Solo. I, I mean, I was like, I he was three words away from me from saying "hang loose, bro." 
<laughs> like I was like, you are. It's a little it's too a little, real world for me. Yeah. for this alien. I to see be that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was I like, mean, hey, the, you want to get some pizza later? I was waiting for that. Sure, like, sure. First of all, you're absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find some silver lining in that movie. Sure. You know what? No, there's like, a lot of silver lining in that movie, but there is one silver lining in that movie that I thought was really cool, really touching, and. I thought it was hopefully the turning point where the movie actually got good, mm-hmm. and it never happened. But was when Han met Chewie in the jail cell. I, and I really like that. And they're doing the fight. That whole interaction was very sweet. I thought it was great. And because yeah. the moment it started happening, I I went, "This is cool. I didn't expect this." Here's Chewbacca beating the hell out of Han Solo yeah, because yeah. he's about to eat him. Yeah, and I, I like that take. I like that a lot. Um, I loved the end. I did love the the kind of you know Han shot first. Right, you know, I thought that was great. I thought that was very fitting. Again, all tracing, all let's look at what worked in this other movie and let's do it again. Like let's look at it from a different angle. Like, yeah, it is a different angle, but at the same point, you could look at it as a way of like what's canon now in George Lucas's Star Wars movies special edition. Han doesn't shoot first. Yeah. So yeah. that to me was a great little nod, not not a dig, but yeah. a nod but to. The- Fandom. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, I thought Kira was more Han Solo than Han Solo. You know what? I can't argue with that. You know, like she, she really was. She was, that was more consistent. Again, going back to the consistency thing, characters need to be consistent for you to say, okay, this is a character I can clearly identify. Kira was more Han Solo than Han Solo. Yeah. It's almost like when they actually wrote Han Solo's traits, they wrote him into another character. You know, because like this guy was kind of like a nebbish dude. Didn't really know. He was a little bit like he like the only thing I got out of that movie was that he was obsessed with being the greatest pilot in the world. And Which, I really like, didn't know why. Yeah, in Star Wars, he just like, kind of started saying that from day one. Like he's. I would have loved this. To your point, I would have loved to see in a moment where he is maybe an imperial, and he takes the controls of the ship, and he finds out he's pretty damn good, and he really right. likes it, <laughs> right, and he right, goes, right. you know what? I'm getting the hang of this. Yeah, and that could be. That that's we're rewriting history yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, yes, we wanted an Obi Wan movie. I, I, maybe it isn't reactionary. To your point, I do think it's a it's a pause. I think we could get an Obi Wan movie still. I, I, yeah. I, I hope. That I was hope my that question if, to you. That it, was my question. Do yeah. you think that the Star Wars movies uh, outside of the trilogies are are really gone? Are really done? Yeah. I don't. I don't because of this. This look, four billion dollars is a big chunk of change and they've made it back obviously yeah. with the movies i think they got pressing it for cheap pop, in my opinion but. they sure did well when you think about some of the the, the disney what they're what 72.3 billion dollars to buy fox right now well you know whew. uh i think that if they look at and focus on episode nine and listen now we're going to get a big break there's no more star wars movie coming out until yeah which is probably good it it's a it's what it needs right now. So this is all going to die down. It's going to get a little bit quiet. I think that once Episode Nine comes out and breaks the bank, which it will, because it, it definitely will, and it, Riley and I will be there opening night, yep, cheering, and, cheering, and hoping for the best, and hoping absolutely. For the best. And I think that after that happens, I think before that, there's going to be some changes. I, 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 I agree. I, I think something's coming. This is the it's first sign. I think it's soon too. It feels that way because yeah. of this. And maybe reactionary, talking it out right now, I'm changing it from reactionary to kind of like yeah, strategic. Strategic, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they 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 paused. Good because I don't think we need the Boba Fett movie. But it's it's weird to say at the same point. I'm glad they paused, but where's the Obi Wan movie? Because that yeah. is a Star Wars story. Yeah. Now it maybe they would announce that 
Benioff and Weiss is doing an Obi-Wan trilogy, wouldn't that be interesting? First of all, they'd be great for that. They would be perfect for that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I don't know if you can do a trilogy in the time span, though, uh, between three and four. You can't just because – I mean what? I'm sure you could if you really wanted to. But You like, could stretch it out. Hell, they stretched out the Hobbit book into three movies. I'm yeah. sure it wasn't See, that's good. That's another though. one. It's funny. Like That's another one everybody hates that I you know that I like. You like the Hobbits? I, I like the Hobbits. But anyway, yeah, that's an off fine. topic. But yeah, Off it, topic. But I'm saying they could fit it. But it shrinks the universe down. We kind of talked about that. And you also get to the – you know. I felt something, a presence I've not felt since we meet again at last. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. So yeah, that which could, is great, be, which is could great. be the movie that we're talking about with Obi-Wan. It fits. It fits. But when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Because at the end of the Obi-Wan movie, Luke, like Ob- Obi-Wan tells him, Darth, you need to come back to me because you still need training. You know, like you something just, as simple just, as that. You just looped it in. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like, I can make that like work. You, Head cannon. Your this 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 dark lord has twisted your mind. Yeah, you know, like I'm I'm here. Like Qui Gon is here. Like we want you back. That would be wouldn't that be cool if like somehow yeah. some way yeah. Obi Wan faces Vader and who pops up behind him but Qui Gon? Right. Oh my God, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So look. Tomorrow on on, on on Jedi Council, the uh, the the experts will talk about the all experts. this stuff. But yeah. look, this has been a lot of fun. This has been really really fun. This is a uh, the end of the special Jedi Council podcast edition with me, Mark Riley, and Mark Fernandez. Uh, thank you very much, Fernandez. This was a great talk. I had fun. Yeah, it's good. Hope you guys too. Please drop in some comments, share this, uh, get everybody talking about this special Jedi Council. As Fernandez says, Christian Harloff, Ken Knapsack, and special guest Mod Garrett will be joining us tomorrow on the video portion of Jedi Council. So stay tuned for that member to subscribe to the Collider Factory and all the Collider shows here on Podcast One for Collider. So for Riley and Fernandez, we will see you soon.
Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify.